This podcast is a presentation of Gateway Fellowship, Paulsville, Washington. Experience community, find hope. Check us out at gatewayfellowship.com. Okay, let me ask you a question. Um, what, what is it that marks your family? So you might be a family of one. You might be a family of two, right? You might be, or three or four, whatever the size of your family is. What is it that marks your family? So someone looks at you, they're going to go like, ah, that family is da-da-da-da. So, or let me help this way. What, what characteristics are observable in your family's life? So for some of you, you're like, oh, wow, he really loves her. Or she really loves him, and so that's an observable characteristic, right, um, to, to the outside world. Um, or, boy, they got the best kids ever. Or, yeah, or, you know, like, well, I'm glad I don't have their kids. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe it's that, that kind of thing like that. So they are really challenged, you know. Or there's some characteristics that mark your family. Or, or maybe like... Um, they are always on time. To church? Uh, there's something. Uh, or, or they're always late. Or, I mean, what is it that marks your family that when the, when, the, when the outside world looks at you, they're going like, that's what they see. That's what they, that's what they see. Um, so we, you probably have been in the place, if you're a parent, um, and you've said this, or your parents said this to you. Remember, when you go out wherever you're going, remember that you represent who? Well, of course, Jesus. But mine, right, you represent the family name, right? So people are watching you. So if you do something stupid, that's going to reflect on my name and on my family. Did you, did you ever hear that? Mom, have you said that? Yeah, of course. We all, uh, all, probably all parents have. I, I have. So I have two boys and then now I have four grandchildren. <laughs> God's gift, um, but two boys, and so when they were growing up, I would say that, like, like listen, we're douchemans, and so when you go out, you know, you're, you represent the douchman dush, name, so just remember that, and so I think my oldest son uh, is Brad, and my youngest son is Jeff, and I think Brad was probably, I don't know, 10, 10 years old or 11 years old, something like that, and I did what every father does for his 10-year-old son, bought him a BB gun. Yeah, that's it, that's it right there. And, and with these instructions, um, here's your BB gun. You don't shoot live things. That's simple. You don't kill living things, right? And so we went, we went on a camping trip, so the four of us. And um, uh, Jeff, Brad and Jeff went off to hike in the woods. Now, apparently Jeff, Jeff knew what one, two, three meant. And so Brad is standing there, and he... he, he tells Jeff, his brother, you got the count of three. And he started counting. One, two, three. And pinged him right in the back of the leg with that BB gun. And Jeffrey comes crying at home, you know, like that. And, and I was so upset at that because, first of all, your brother is a living thing. And we don't shoot living things, and we don't shoot family members, right? We don't do that. I was so, so obsessed. Still remember that, like, you don't do things that reflect on the family that way. Don't shoot your brother. It's, a, it's pretty, pretty easy. Well, as we, as we kind of wrap up Galatians um, this week, it's, it's chapter, if, if you're brand new, we've been in this series for, for six weeks now. 
And uh, I think what Paul is saying is this is one way that we're going to live this out as a family. Um, he's saying there are certain characteristics uh, that ought to be part of a believer's life and within the community of faith. So when I talk about Gateway, I, I often refer to us most often as a faith community. We're a church, we're a faith community. And Paul is saying like, there are things that, that ought to be observable in your life and they ought to be observable within the family of faith. We're talking about Gateway today. And they reflect on Christ. And these reflect on the freedom that we now have in Christ. These things that we're going to get into are the result of a life of liberty. A believer is free from the law of Moses and possesses liberty in the spirit. We talked about that. We've been talking about that for a number of weeks now. And Sarah pointed out last week when she was teaching that, that we sometimes have a tendency to turn away from legalism and go completely to the opposite side, which is abuse of grace. And that's not what we're talking about. But a believer is free from the law of Moses and we now live in liberty, the liberty in, in the spirit. So early on, I think it was the first week, I shared kind of a uh, uh, teaching pathway by uh, uh, Jay Vermigee, who has passed on now. He said, look, we have three choices, right? We, live, we either live, live by law, right? Or we, we live by license, or we live by, live by liberty. And which one is it that, that we're talking about? And Paul is saying, like, we don't live by the law. We live, live by liberty. And so here's what we do. Now we add these, thing, these things in here. We are free from the burden of living by the law. Are you thankful for that? Yeah, we should. We should give a hand for that one right there. Because, like, none of us could do it. Because you broke some laws this week, didn't you? Yeah, and so did I, like we all, we all do, right? We are free from the burden of having to live by the law. We say no to this life of permissiveness, so live by license. We don't do that either. We don't run to this other side. And we say yes to a spirit-filled life. We live by liberty. And Paul says we are set free to live this life. So where are we set free to? We are free to live a life that is reflective of God and to serve others. That's the liberty that we live in. Paul refers to this freedom in Galatians chapter 5 verse 13. He says this, for you were called to freedom, brothers you were and sisters. You were called to freedom. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. And then this, but through love serve one another. And we go like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Okay, we're free but now we're serving one another? What kind of freedom is that? Don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. So I thought this freedom was all about what I want to do. No. Living in the freedom of Christ alone, purchase, what he purchased is not about me, it's about you, it's about where our focus is. Where our good works brought the focus to ourselves and what it is that we could do and we could, we could live out. Look what, I, look what I done. This salvation that we talk about, this freedom by faith in Christ is all about what he did through his sacrifice. It's not about us because you had nothing to do with it and I had nothing to do with it because we couldn't. 
Salvation by faith in Christ is all about what he did through his sacrifice. He stepped into a broken world and he fixed it through the giving of his son, the sacrifice of his son. It's not about us. When we live in the freedom of Christ because of God's love for us, our focus changes because this is what happens and here it is. We understand and know his love for us. You have experienced it. Now, I've, I've said this numbers of times in the past that I, I don't think that I could adequately, adequately teach or explain the depth of God's love to a person. But I've experienced it, and so have you. If you're a follower of Jesus, we understand, we know, or we've experienced his love for us, and we strive to serve each other with that same sacrificial love. So what I have received... I give out. I received love from the Father. Now I serve in love with that same sacrificial love. Christ set the example. So this is how I like to say it today, and I have you join me. It, it's not about me, it's we. Say it with me. It's not about me, it's we. Your focus changed, and so did mine. It's not about me, it's about we. Paul refers to this as the law of Christ. So what, what is the law of Christ? And that's, that's a good, good question. Most Bible teachers understand the law of Christ as to what Christ stated in the great commandment. Just listen to it in, in Mark chapter 12. Jesus answered, the most important is here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Here it is. You shall do what? Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And so Paul summarizes in, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 14, when he says this, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. It's a different focus, this spirit-led life. This life of freedom that we have now in Christ is different because of what Jesus has done in our lives. So the question then is, what does this look like, this living out this freedom, this law of love, of loving one another within a Christian community, within a faith community like, like Gateway? What's it, what's it look like? What is it that should be evident? Because do you know that people watch you and they watch me and they watch us? Do you know that? Yeah. So th there are people driving by today out here and they're looking at the parking lot filled with cars. You're here. And they're going like, I wonder what's going on. And there are people are watching how you and I live out this life. They are. And on the surface, they may not agree. Maybe. They're like, What's going on? And just like your family, when I said, what is it that marks your family? What are the characteristics, the observable characteristics within your family? Guess what? They do the same for you and me as a faith community. So they look at you and me as a church, as a faith community, and go like, aha. That's what I, they, they care about people or they, they do this, they, they see something. And, and Paul is saying there are three things in Galatians chapter, chapter 6. They're not the only, only three, but in Galatians chapter 6, there are, are three things that ought to be evident within a Christian community as we live out this, this faith journey. And here they are. Um, number one, you will grow through accountability. Now, some of us kind of, the word accountability causes us to step back, right? Because like this freedom is like what I want to do, not what you're going to tell me to do. 
We'll talk about that in just a moment. So that should be an observable characteristic. Number two, you won't carry a burden alone. So people ought to say about this faith community, only talk about gateway, like you don't do life alone there. Like if, if, you, if you've got a burden, like they're going to they're help you carry it. There are going to be people here that will help, help. That ought to be an observable characteristic. And then number three, you'll join others in doing good to all. I'm going to unpack those three things in, in just a moment. But these things happen um, when the Spirit does His work in a believer's life, and then there's evidence. These three things can only happen in a Spirit-empowered, directed, guided person and church. I'm going to say it again. These characteristics can only live, can only be observed within a spirit-empowered, directed, guided person, that's you, and the church, that's us. What's it look like? Well, Paul describes it in Galatians chapter 5. And so here's what I want to do. I want to drop back to Galatians chapter 5 and say these, this has to be a part of our life before we get to this. They're called the nine graces. Nine graces. Otherwise known as the fruit of the Spirit. And that's probably what they're more commonly known as. So this fruit of the Spirit has got to be a part of our, our lives before these other things can be a part. Let's read Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces. Who produces? Yeah, Holy Spirit. It's not you. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. Produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Welcome to church today. <laughs> now, I, I'm going to insult anybody, <clears throat> but if you plant an apple tree, you're going to get... <laughs> the tree produces the fruit, right? You're not going to plant an apple tree and get an orange unless something weird's gone. gone. That's not going to happen, right? Likewise, the manifestation of the Spirit's work in our life is seen in its fruit. You recognize a Spirit-controlled follower of Jesus by the observed fruit. So Jesus teaches in his most famous sermon, um, he ever taught Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7. He talks about fruit. And he says this, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. So they, they look like this, but they're not. And you can tell. You will recognize them by their fruits. Everybody say fruits, fruits, fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or oranges from apple trees or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Jesus is teaching about, about how we will recognize them. Paul says that this fruit or, or these graces... They're not produced by you or me. They're produced by the Holy Spirit who is at work in our life. But the Holy Spirit produces these things as we live in the freedom of the Spirit. Now, something to note here. 
And that is the word from Galatians chapter 5. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of, of fruit. So Jen and I went to the grocery store last night to pick up some dinner items. And we walked into um, the part of the store where all the, all the fruit is. She goes, what kind of fruit do you want? Now there's all kinds of fruits. Apples, oranges, grapes, watermelon, melons of all kinds, um, bananas, oranges, on and on and on and on. And I, I said, you know, okay, well, I'm a watermelon fan, so I'll take like three boxes of watermelon, which we did, um, and, and some melons, and we just picked out the fruit that we wanted, see. And here's what we sometimes do with this list that Paul gave us. We go like, I, I, I'll just grab a little joy today, but I'm gonna leave kindness behind. That's the fruit I'm gonna pick out today, right? Uh, or maybe, maybe um, gentleness, that will be my fruit of the day. Self-control, no, 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 right? Not, not today, and certainly not patience today, right? Because, you know, the kids, you know, and on, 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 that kind of thing. Well, here, here's what we need to know. This is what it said, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of what? It's singular. It's singular. It's indicating that these qualities constitute a, a unity in all Everybody say all. All should be found in the believer who lives under the control of the Spirit. All the fruit of this produced by him, by the, by the Spirit. This fruit, fruit is simply the life of Christ lived out in the believer, in you and me. So here's what I'm suggesting that this teaching in Galatians 5 and the fruit of the Spirit lays the foundation, it really does, for what Paul describes in chapter 6 and ought to be part of our community of believers because we're not led by the Spirit. If the fruit of the Spirit is not evident in our life, these other things aren't going to happen, I don't think, either. So I'm going to say it this way, um, this then that. This life lived out, guided by the Holy Spirit, fruit produced by the Holy Spirit, then results in that. And what we're going to talk about, I wanna, I wanna unpack these three um, observable characteristics that ought to be within a faith community. Now, they are not the only three. We understand that. These are the only three that we're looking at today. But he says is that you will grow through accountability. Accountability. Now, as I mentioned earlier, that's a word that sometimes we kind of push back on because like, don't tell me what to do. That's a little bit like it is sometimes, right? Don't, don't tell me what, what to do, but listen, accountability is a good thing. And Paul says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression or any sin, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of, what's the word? Spirit of gentleness. Remember the fruit of the Spirit? Someone gets caught in any transgression restore him with a spirit of gentleness. You know what sometimes we do? We'll go, you idiot. <laughs> that was stupid. What'd you do that for? That was wrong. And, and that, that's the way that we're going to restore a, a, a person. Paul says it's within, within gentleness. And what he's describing here is kind of a what if case. What if, what if a believer is caught by a sin? Here's the picture of one running um, away, but sin catches and overtakes him. Believers who are walking by the Spirit have a role in being used by the Spirit to gently restore him. 
That's accountability. And that should be an observable characteristic within a, in a faith community. It's because we care about one another. And, and so the, 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 the word here, restore, is used, is really kind of interesting. It's, it's used to, to set broken bones. So if you've ever broken a bone before, um, it's set, it's used to um, describe a broken bone that is set so it can heal properly. In the New Testament, is, it talks about the mending of nets, putting something back together like, like it should be. It's, it's seeing something that's broken and then helping to restore it to wholeness. So I have a question for you. Do you have people in your life who you know will lovingly and gently correct you should you need it? Do you have people in your life because I do, because none of us is, should be free. We're walking this out this life alone. I have people in my life um, who will do this very, very thing. They are personal friends, they are mentors, and they're my group, guys. And, and then there are newly, our young married group. I have people who will speak into my life if I need it. Now, something's wrong if I say, no, not me. Remember, I'm the pastor. Would that be wrong? Of course it's wrong. It would be stupid. None of us are above being held accountable to one another. This is part of the Spirit's work within our faith community. This is a good thing. It's why I am so passionate about everyone being within a network, within a group. And we push groups a lot because it's, when a, it's in a group that this thing is lived out. Is it within personal relationship with people who are directed and led by the Spirit that this thing is let out? And would you agree that we all need it? Yes. Okay. Yes, we do. And it's easy to talk about the big sins, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we're talking about the big, the big sins here. No, no, we're not. What happens if I don't treat Jen, my wife, correctly, right? What, what happens if I'm critical or, or I'm gossiping? What happens, what about those sins? We all need somebody speaking into our life. This is part of being in the body of Christ and this is a good thing. Loving and gentle correction is a gift. It's a gift. And it's to happen within the context of a Christian community. So that's observable characteristic that ought to be a part of our faith community. And then number two, you won't carry this burden alone. And Paul says that. He describes that in Galatians. If you aren't going to carry this burden alone, he's teaching that. And by extension, he's teaching it to you and to me as spirit-empowered people. We are to carry one another's burdens. Life is not meant to do alone. It's interesting. And I mean, you know, this is the, this is kind of like a no-brainer that the Bible never talks about that you're not going to carry, that you know, you're going to be burden free. Like when you come to Jesus, listen, got the perfect life, right? No burdens, no life. That's, that's not, that's not teaching. That's not correct biblical teaching. We, we have, we, life happens. And so we carry burdens, but we're not to carry these alone. So within the Bible, um, we see a lot of these one another injunctions. We're like, 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 
Bear with one another's burdens, bear one with one another, pray for one another, exhort one another. These are all things that ought to be a part of, of our community. We're to carry one another's burdens. We could spend all day describing the burdens that come our way and the things that you are experiencing now, sitting here. It's messy out there and it's messy in here, but we are not to do it alone. And this is why I keep saying it. And I will continue to say it till I can no longer say it, healthy, not perfect. Because within a healthy community, we're allowed to stumble. We're allowed to fall down sometimes. We're allowed um, to share a burden with somebody else. We're not perfect people. But I pray that we're healthy people. Healthy people come together and do life together. Thirdly, you will join others in doing good. So three observable characteristics. One, accountability. Number two, you won't carry a burden alone. And then, and then thirdly, you're going to join others in doing good. We're going to live out this gospel. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. So sometimes, humanly speaking, like we, we're going to exclude that person, right? Because they're not a part of the body of faith. No, 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 no. That's not what the scripture says. When the outside community observes Gateway, what they ought to see is a community of people who care about people, right? Do good to everyone. Let me share with you some things that we do. I mean, we, we do as a faith community, there's just a few things. Um, our meals team, serving almost 4,000 meals a, a year out the back door over here. That's doing good to everyone. No one is asked when they come up to get a meal, are you a believer? Are you this? Or are you? No, no, no. It's just doing good. We're just giving it out. We're just giving it out. Um, when we shelter people, we'll be moving into, a, you know, later on into a time of year when we shelter people, right? That's doing good. We do a lot of that you gave. Um, we were, because of your giving, we were able to increase our benevolence giving, which helps people with um, emergency, um, things like power and lights and rent and so on, by nearly $1,000 a month. We increase it that much. And uh, um, the team gives out those monies. That's doing good um, to everyone. And so here's Paul. He's, now, this is written within the context of, of sowing and reaping. And it, it is sometimes easy to get discouraged, isn't it? I know because I've been there, go like, God, are we actually doing any good here? Have you been there? I mean, you've been, you've been sowing into maybe a friend's life or a family member's life, and maybe, maybe you, you've been there, but we're called to keep on doing what we're called to keep on doing. And so we've said this way in, in the past, I'll do it again right now, we, we begin with good works, so we're called to do good works, which creates good will, right, or Sometimes we call it passport into a person's life, which introduces them to the good way. So good works create goodwill that opens the door to the good way. This is spiritual sowing. Do good to everyone. We don't do good in order to build up gateway. That would be wrong. It's not, hey, we're going to do this, and then you, you come in. Uh, that, that's not what this is about. This is about making disciples. This is about introducing people to Jesus. Do good to everyone. So I want to come back to the question I asked you at the start about your family. You know, what observable characteristics are there in your family? Let me ask this. What are the observable characteristics in our church? 
our faith community. Will they see this growing together through accountability of if I stumble, will you be there for me? Will my guys group be there? Are you connected with someone who will come alongside you and go, you know what, let me just lovingly bring correction because that's what causes us to grow. Do you have that and are you that for somebody else? Is this a place, I pray it is, where we won't walk this life out alone, but you're having a burden, whatever it is, whatever it is. Like, sometimes we go like, oh, that's just too small, nobody cares. No, that's not true. Will we do this thing together? I pray that we, we will. We'll carry one another's burdens. And will we continue to do good to all in order to introduce them to the good way? That's what this is all about. Listen, it's not about us. It's not about, or it's not about me. It's about we. And we together have the incredible opportunity to impact our community for Christ and the world. Amen. Let's stand together. I'm going to pray. In this time, I'm going to pray. I'm just going to ask you, <clears throat> would you open up your heart um, to the Spirit today? And just ask this question, God, what is it you want to say to me? So maybe, uh, maybe you've been a uh, fruit picker. Maybe you've been picking you know, fruit. I'll take a little kindness today, but I'm going to leave self-control. And maybe that's where you are. Um, maybe patience. Um, maybe you just need to open up your heart and say, God, just, would you just empower me to live out the fruit of the Spirit, remembering it's the Holy Spirit that produces these things. So I yield my life to you, and that's what that would look like. Or maybe it's welcoming somebody into your space and going, look, would you hold me accountable? Use whatever word you want. Well, would you hold me accountable? If you see something in my life that's not honoring of the Lord, would, would you say something? Would you love me enough to say something? Would you care enough for me and my spiritual growth to talk to me about that? And will you be that to somebody else? And then maybe for some of us, we're gonna make a brand new commitment to doing good. And, whatever that looks like individually and as a faith community so that Christ, so that Jesus is lifted up. May it never be about us. May it never be about gateway. May it always be about Jesus. So Father, we come to you again this morning and just open up our heart and open up our life to you. Spirit, would you do your work in our life? We recognize that it's, you are the only one who produces the fruit. You're the only one. Maybe some of us have, have been selecting a fruit, leaving some of it. But God, speak to us about that. Do your work completely and wholly in our lives, I pray. And Father, help us to be that one that both receives and gives. When it comes to loving gentle correction. Sometimes we're in that place where the, the net needs to be mended or we need the help to do that. We go, would you speak to us about that? Pray that we would not be carrying this burden alone, 
that you would bring people into our lives, Lord. And together, together, God, keep our eyes on the mission of making disciples. We will, we will begin by doing good to everyone. God, would you take that and would you open the door to the good way, the good news of the gospel, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Salvation, the gift of.